Morning, church. Hope, hope you are all well. Uh, Miss Amanda, did you bring your reading glasses? <laughs> Thank you. Further opposition to the rebuilding. When word came to Sanbalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates, Sanbalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, Sanbalat sent his aide to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it is true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us confer together. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple And let us close the temple doors, because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me, because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, O my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophetess Nodia and the rest of the prophets who have been trying to intimidate me. The completion of the wall. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. 
Also, in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah, and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under oath to him, since he was son-in-law to Shekinah, son of Arar, and his son Jehonanan had married the daughter of Meshullam, son of Berechiah. Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds, and then telling him what I said, and Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Thank you, Amanda. I just want to read here where it says, uh, I had rebuilt the wall, and not a gap was left in it, though up to the time I had not set the doors in the gates. I think when we're starting out the work of God, when you're starting out any project that includes God in it, whether it's an individual project, whether it includes your families or includes the whole body as a whole, when we usually start out, we are passionate. We are on our knees all the time. We are praying. We are searching the truth in the word. And as time goes on, look at the enemy's timing. When there was progress, when people could see progress, when things were happening, you know, that time we stand and say, we have been working. Look at the progress that we have made. My life was once a mess. Look at all the things that I have achieved. I think that is the opportunity the enemy is looking for. That is the opportunity the devil is looking for. Because most of the time, pride sets in. And when it comes to Sanballat, it was a way of searching pride in Nehemiah's heart. Was there going to be found any pride in Nehemiah's heart? Because if there was pride in Nehemiah's heart, it was easy for him to say, ah, let me go to Ono. How about I go there and feast in the presence of my enemies? How about I go to Ono and just rub it in so that they can see all the work that I've done? You know, and when pride starts to to creep in, the enemy wants to use that as a hook. I think the devil likes fishing. He's always throwing his rod. Always throwing his rod. And if he finds pride in your heart, that hook is going to hook onto that pride and drag you to honor so that he can destroy you there. So, brethren, when we are doing the work of God, when we are seeing progress, Let's be aware that we don't have pride inside of us. As God is searching for truth inside the depth of our hearts, the devil is also searching for pride in the depth of our hearts because that is what he usually uses and that is what he wants to drag us to and destroy us with. Then we read on. But they were scheming to harm me So I sent messages to them with the reply, I am carrying a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? I love how he uses discernment in here. It shows that he was continually in the word. He was continually in the truth. 
He was not going to be caught of God. He was on his feet all the time. And also, harming or scheming might not have been physical or might not have been actually trying to kill them. I think the greatest harm comes when the enemy calls you so that he can rub your ego and say, oh, look at the work that you have done. Look at how successful you have become. Look, look, look. Now it's all about you and it's no longer about God. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to, maybe if Nehemiah had gone to Uno, those guys would, were actually inviting him in a friendly manner. Probably they just wanted to rub his ego. Say, I know, this thing is all about you. You can forget about God. It doesn't matter. Look at all the progress that, have, uh, that has been done. And I think that is a more, more dangerous scheme of the devil that we have to be aware of, which is not that uh, effective when it comes to Nehemiah because he was on his guard. He was always praying, and you could see through, through the lies. And if we keep on reading on, then the fifth time, look at how the enemy brings an onslaught after an onslaught. It's wave after wave. Because sometimes when we see progress, we tend to think, ah, but I've been working this hard. I deserve a break, man. I need a spiritual vacation, you know? Why do I have to still keep reading the word too much? Why do I have to still keep on fasting? I'm tired, man. Look, the work has been done. I need a little break. I need a little you know, spiritual vacation. I need to take it easy. But you can see the enemy is working over time. The enemy is not resting. So you can't afford any spiritual vacation. You always have to be on your feet. You always have to be praying. You always have to be fasting. You always have to be reading the word. Because when the enemy sees any little weakness, then it, he pounces. Why should the work stop? Why did I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave the same answer. Then the fifth time, San Balat sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written what was written the below. The devil is a fisherman. He's using the same rod. He's just changing the bait now. He said, ah, this has not worked. Let me try something else that might work. How about I add a little bit of fear in there, a little bit of slander in there, you know, and see how it goes. It is reported among the nations and Geshem. And Geshem says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt and therefore you are rebuilding the war. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become the, their king and even have appointed prophets to make proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us confer together. Why don't you come? Let's have, let us have a, a, a conference, they say. So now the enemy is trying to create a problem and offer a solution. So that if you are someone who, who still has got pride or who still got sin that you delight in, 
you rush to them enemy. No, 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 no. I do not want that secret to come out. So let us make this go away. You know? And that was the situation of you as a Christian believer. You in doing the work of God. Do you have any sin that you still delight in? Do you have things that the enemy can still use against you? When the enemy reminds you of those things and says, but I can give you a solution to that if you listen to me. Are you going to go in bed with the enemy because there's things that you're still holding on to? There's that sin that you still delight in, that you don't want to let go of, that the enemy can still use against you and say, come to bed with me. I can make this go away. I can make this disappear. Then now you owe the enemy. So again, it didn't work because in Nehemiah's heart there was only truth. There was nothing to hook on. Let's read on. I sent him this reply. Nothing like that you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. It reminds me of Jesus when you were saying to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. I think that was the same approach that, that he was doing. He noticed where the message was coming from and he had no time you know, to engage. He was just saying, get thee behind me, Satan. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my, heart, my hands. I think there's a situation when the onslaught of the devil is wave after wave, wave after wave, and we are human. Sometimes it starts getting to us. You know? Sometimes we start trembling a bit. We start feeling the pressure. We start noticing things that are happening. But what was the response? The response was prayer. Now strengthen my hand. That was the response. Again, the devil changed his bait. One day I went to the house of Shema, son of Dela, the son of Metabel, who was shut in his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God, inside the temple. Let us close the temple doors, because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said... Should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I think this is a more tough one. When the devil now is stooping low, you know. The devil can even use your cat or your dog to get to you. That's how desperate he is. He can use the person that you love. It can be your husband. It can be your wife. It can be your kids. The devil is so defeated that he stoops so low to use anything and anyone. And this is very hard when it comes to us. When someone comes and says, Zolani, I have a word for you. Zolani, I have a prophecy for you. But if Zolani has not been spending time in the word, if Zolani was not praying, if Zolani was not fasting and asking for help from, from God, it can easily be misled because it's someone that Zolani trusts. It's someone that Zolani loves. And it's, it's very hard to say no to those people. 
And also it's exciting to receive the word of God. Someone comes to you and says, I have a word for you. I have a prophecy for you. It's exciting. You want to hear from them. But everything that someone tells you according to the word, you yourself have to go back to the word. You have to go back to the word and pray about it and spend time in the word. So everything that comes to you in terms of prophecy or anything, go back to the truth and measure it against the truth so that you can discern when the enemy is trying to attack. All right. And, and uh, on verse 11, he's reminding himself, should a man like me run away? I think I was just talking to myself and asking himself, who am I? You know, who am I? Then he remembered, I am a child of God. So what should a child of God do? Should a child of God run away? Should a child of God scamper in fear? No, no ways. No ways. That is not me. Fear is not my identity. I know who I am and I know who I am in Christ. And I know God's law when it says uh, uh, the temple as its own people who are to mend it. The temple is for the priests. I'm not a priest. I should be mendling there. I shouldn't be going and uh, closing myself in there. I shouldn't be intimidated in that way. I should stick to what the word is saying. Again, he goes back to prayer. And he prays about what the enemies were, were doing to him. Remember to buy and send ballot, oh my God. Because of what they have done, remember also the prophetess, Nodia, and the rest of the prophets who have been trying to intimidate me. There's a saying that goes, you should not wrestle with, pig, with a pig because both you and the pig will get dirty, but the pig likes it. So, once again, he gave it to God. It's not about going to explain himself and try to redeem himself to the people and do all those things. No, he goes back, God, revenge belongs to you. I'm giving my enemies to you. This is your work, not my work. So, you are the one who's going to handle whatever comes as a distraction because it's your work. And it's not my work. So the war was compl- completed on the, t- on the 25th of Elal in 52 days. Amen. I wonder if it was one of the tender contracts in South Africa, how long it was going to take. They'll probably be still building the war until today. <laughs> but through God's power, things that seem impossible become possible. Amen. It was 52 days. In the human's heart or in the human's eye, it looked impossible. When people saw the work that had been done, they were like, huh? Did they just do that in 52 days? There should be something behind that. It can't be only be them. If we keep reading on, when all our enemies heard about this, 
all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their confidence because they realized that the work has been done with the help of our God. Amen. All glory went back to where it belongs, and that is to God. Same applies to each and every one of us. Whatever you are building, whether it's on an individual basis, when your life was a mess and God's hand was shown upon your life and things are starting to turn around, at the end of the day, there are people in the world who are broken. There are people who do do not have love. There are people who do not have peace. And if they saw you the mess you were when when you had no peace, when you had no love, and you were broken, and now they see the products of a person that is confident, that is whole, they should say, I also want a piece of that. How do I get a piece of what you have? Then you say, glory, hallelujah, this is an opportunity. I'll give you the secret. The secret is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the one who has turned my life around. He's the one who has turned my family around. He's the one who has turned this church around. It's only to him that the glory belongs. So in anything that we do, at the end of it, let glory be to God. Let everything point out to God. The who started a work in us is going to complete it. Amen. And when he completes it, glory should go back to him. There is no pride. There is no room for pride to be found in our hearts. We have no breaking rights when it comes to things like this. So this is what was on my heart according to uh, Nehemiah 6. I tried to keep it short and sweet as possible, as always. So let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you that we don't deserve anything. But through your grace, through your mercy, will make us worthy. So Lord, I thank you that today you will search our hearts and may no pride be found in it. I pray, Lord, that our hearts be filled with truth and only truth. When the devil comes searching around, you will find nothing but truth. So I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord, for your people who are putting their hands up and saying, I want to do the work of the Lord, and I will be available for the work of the Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you protect us and you guide us in whatever we are building in our lives. Whether we are building ourselves up, we are building our families up, we are building the church up. Lord, I just pray that you be with us and you guide us and you protect us. I pray in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.